And uh, so let's just jump right in and get started. We are in Revelation chapter number one. Revelation chapter number one. Last week we talked about Armageddon. Armageddon. And I, I, I'm kind of I'm backtracking just a little bit because uh, I want to go into more detail about Christ's return. Okay? And we're going to focus primarily uh, just on Christ's return. As soon as he comes back, what happens what happens uh, right when he comes, right when he returns back to this earth physically? Now, we know uh, for the Christian, there's going to be two returns, if you will. There's going to be a return in the air. Say that with me. There's going to be a return in the air. And that is as a thief in the night. That's a thief in the night. Nobody's going to know. It's going to be secretive. It's going to be super fast. He's going to call our name. Uh, uh, we're going to go back to be with him in the rapture, right? But then he's going to come the second time, uh, his second coming to this earth. And the Bible says, every eye shall see him. That's different. That's different. So we have the rapture and the second coming. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, let's look in Revelation chapter number one and begin in verse number four. Revelation chapter number one and verse number four. If you're ready, say amen. amen. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to. Come. Yeah, he is. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, behold. Anytime you see that word, it means to pause and look real close, pay close attention. Behold. He cometh with clouds and every what? Every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. That's the Jewish people, right? That's the Jewish people. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Saith the Lord, which is, which was, and say it with me, and which is to come the almighty. Let's pray. Dear heavenly father, Lord, thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so Lord for everything. Uh, I come to you tonight, thanking you from your word. I, I've just been in it, uh, just all day thinking about your return and, and how exciting that's going to be and all the things that are going to take place. Uh, Lord, I, I, I kind of feel what we read in Revelation, especially the last chapter where it says, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. We want you to come. We're ready. Lord, we're ready to see you. We're ready for your kingdom. We're ready for your rule. We're ready for your peace. Lord, I praise you and I thank you. And I'm so glad that we have that to look forward to. But Lord, tonight, I pray that you'll open our eyes. Let us see things through your word uh, to be an encouragement to us. And, and to be a help in our daily walk. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I beg you, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And God will praise you and thank you and give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. 
I love talking about the second coming, the second coming. You say, why do they call it the second coming? Because he's already been here one time. He came, he came, was sent of his father. It was a promise coming uh, from the very beginning of time in Genesis. God promised that he would send somebody. The very first messianic promise was there in the garden after man fell. If y'all remember, uh, he is speaking to the serpent and he said, one day, the seed of the woman, that's the Messiah. That is the first messianic promise of Christ. He said, I'm going to send a Messiah. I'm going to send a hero. I'm going to send a deliverer. All right. And from that point on throughout the Old Testament, God said, I'm sending the king. I'm sending the king. I'm sending the king. Uh, He told Abraham of your seed will the families of the earth be blessed in referencing Christ. Uh, He tells David, David, there's going to be somebody from your loins to sit on the throne forever and ever and ever. And he's talking about who? Christ. Talking about Jesus. So all through the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, God is saying, He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Are y'all with me? A Messiah is coming, a Savior is coming, the bomb in Gilead is coming, a hero is coming, a deliverer is coming, he is coming. I promise you a king is coming. Then the angels announced to shepherds on the hillside in Judea, they said, uh, uh, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Them angels said, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here. And Jesus walked on this earth and he, he healed blinded eyes and he healed lame legs and he walked on water and he calmed the storms of the sea. He, he, he cast out demons and he, he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he proclaimed to his people that he was the king. We, all, we saw all through Matthew, the gospel of the kingdom. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He sent a messenger before he got here. He sent a messenger before he got here. John Baptist, y'all remember him, that wild man out in the wilderness preaching, behold, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, repent, repent. The kingdom of heaven is near, right? It is at hand. And that kingdom of heaven is a referencing the kingdom, the physical kingdom here on this earth. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. In other words, John was telling everybody, look, he's here. He has arrived. That one we've been waiting on, that one that was promised all through the scriptures in the Old Testament. He has come. We got to get ready for him. We need to repent and be prepared. We need to be repent and be, be ready for our king. Amen. That's the first time. Only one problem. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. So, so they crucified him. They said, we have no king but Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. His blood be on us and our children. And by the way, if you look through history, it has been. 
Their children and grandchildren, their heritage have suffered immensely at the hands of monsters and dictators. And Jesus, listen, he sent the gospel to the Gentile people. And now he's primarily, listen, the church age is basically a Gentile church. But he has not cast away Israel. He is not finished with Israel as some people falsely say. There are people that try to teach a replacement theology, which means the church took Israel's place. That's baloney. Don't ever listen to anybody try to tell you that. They are still God's chosen people. He still has a plan for them. Say amen. Amen. And so, so now during the age of grace, we are preaching the gospel, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of forgiveness, the gospel of grace. But one day he's coming again. He's coming again. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. He's coming again. I didn't mean to get on all that. That wasn't in the notes, but I'm glad I said it. Acts chapter number one, verse nine. And, and if you'll notice, you're going to notice your, your outline looks a little different uh, than it normally does. And that's because we're going to cover a lot of scripture today. And so I didn't have, I, I, when I got through with the outline, it was four pages long. And y'all know I'm cheap and I ain't giving y'all two pieces of paper. Amen. <laughs> So what we, what I did, I gave you the addresses and, and we'll look at, we'll look at them up on the screen. We'll read them there. And, uh, so you don't have to turn. Don't worry. I'm not going to make you do all that work tonight. You done worked all day. I'm going to try to make it easy on you. Uh, but you have the addresses. If you ever want to go look up, look up those verses at home, if that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right, good. Acts one verse nine. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, this is Jesus, his last day on earth, physically, his last day on earth. Uh, he gave the great commission to his disciples. He was reminding them those great uh, things that they needed to remember in Acts chapter number one. You remember, don't go without God. Don't, don't forget your purpose. Don't procrastinate. Don't get distracted. Y'all remember that, that sermon several, several months ago. Uh, after he told them that, it says that a cloud got Jesus and took him up to heaven. In verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, two angels, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Now read it with me. This same Jesus, say that again. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to do it again. Yep, he's coming just like he left. Matthew 24, 30. Matthew 24, 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth, what? What are they going to mourn for? They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. You say, why are they going to mourn? Because they've been fighting the cause. These are the people, these are the nations that have come against Israel, have come against Jerusalem. They have, they're, they're, they're uh, uh, affiliated and confederate with the Antichrist. They are God haters who would not repent. Y'all remember, y'all remember we talked about this during the tribulation, the, the, the lesson on the tribulation that God is sending all of these judgments. God is sending all these things to get their attention, but they refuse to repent. And now there he is. There he is. The one they've denied. 
the one they've, they've ridiculed, the one they've mocked, the one they've blasphemed. There he is. And they're going to mourn. Second Thessalonians one. <clears throat> and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When, when is all this going to take place? When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. You know what that means? That means there's coming a day and we're all going to just sit around Jesus and say, man, ain't he awesome. Yeah. We're just going to admire him. We're just going to be in awe of who he is. Isn't that, isn't that cool? I'm telling you, I'm just, I was just sitting there in my office thinking about it. Man, what a cool day that's going to be. Number one, number one, the Lord's return. Here's going to be a sequence of events. And I must confess, I must confess I'm not 100% sure in the chronological order of the first two. I'm not sure if one takes place first and then two. I, I, I kind of think that's the way it's going to be, but I'm not sure. So, But either way, it does not matter. It's going to happen very, very quickly, uh, you know, at, at the, uh, uh, it, almost simultaneously. But... I'm not sure, but it, it does. It, it, here's here's the things that's going to take place. He he may reveal himself in the desert first. Then he may you know destroy the armies of the antichrist and then do that. But I, I'll I'll tell you some reasons why I think this is going to be first. Okay, first of all, there's going to be a revealing in the desert. A revealing in the desert. Now, here's here's what I want you to see. If we can look at Zechariah, Zechariah. Uh, uh, 13. If we can look at that first verse up there, brother, brother Barnes, when Jesus shows up, when Jesus shows up, now keep in mind the Jews in, in the majority, in the majority are unbelievers. Okay. They don't believe that Jesus came the first time. Now I'm going to venture to say this. I'm going to venture to say this just because of what we learned when we was in Israel, uh, that the majority, the majority of Israel right now is secular. It has been said that, that Tel Aviv could be the homosexual capital of the world. Now, when we think Israel, we think everybody over there is religious. They're either uh, Orthodox, uh, you know, Judy, Judaism or Messianic Jews, one of the other. But that's not, that's not so. There's some others, there's unbelievers just like Gentiles are. They, they, have, no, they have no affiliation whatsoever. And so, so we, we, are, we are thinking about a nation that is anti, not, I don't want to say anti-God, but ungodly. Does that make sense? But even the majority that are religious, they are Orthodox Jews who don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So they're still waiting on him come the first time. Does that make sense? And so when he shows up, they're going to say, who is this? Who is this? Watch this. Watch what it says. And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thy hands? Watch what he says. Then he shall answer, 
those which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Now look at the next one. Look at the next one. Zechariah 12. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that moment, they're going to realize what they have really done. Now, here's what I want you to see. First of all, three things underneath the revealing in the desert. You say, what what about the desert? What are you talking about? First of all, I want you to write this down. The people. Who's he going to reveal himself to in his return? Who's he going to reveal himself to? Well, we know it's going to be the people that pierced him. The people that pierced him. The Jews were responsible for the crucifixion of the Savior. Okay? And this is who he's going to reveal himself to. All right? Look at Micah 2. Micah chapter 2. I will surely assemble old Jacob. Now, anytime you see the reference Jacob, that's in reference to the Jewish people, the nation of Israel. Does that make sense? Jacob, when he's saying, when he's speaking to Jacob, he's speaking to the Jews. Okay. To the nation of Israel. I will surely assemble Israel. All of thee. I will surely gather the remnant, the remnant. Now, why are we saying the remnant? Because at this time, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. When the Antichrist comes, when the Antichrist comes, I got to explain this because to understand this first point. At the tribulation period, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to come to Israel and Israel's going to be in a mess. Israel's going to be afraid. But a hero's going to come and say, I can bring peace to you. I'm going to make sure and take care of you and nothing's going to happen. He's going to agree to be able to build another temple. They are wanting to build their temple really, really bad. So he's going to agree to a new temple. Uh, and, and so the Antichrist is going to sign a covenant according to Daniel. It's a covenant, but we know it today's terms, we'll call it a treaty, right? They're going to sign a treaty, a covenant with the nation of Israel for seven years, a seven year treaty. Israel's going to think it's the greatest thing in the world. The world's going to think he's the greatest thing there ever was. He's going to come from obscurity. We've already studied all this in Daniel. And so we're not going to, we're not going to rehash all that, but you know who we're talking about. Who are we talking about? Antichrist. Three and a half years, three and a half years. We're going to be into this thing. And the Antichrist is going to walk into their temple and he's going to say, I am God. You bow down and worship me. Matthew, according to Jesus Matthew says, uh, uh, is written, Jesus said, this is the abomination of desolation. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation, you flee, you run, you don't wait. You don't even go into the house to get your clothes. What is he saying? It is going to be so bad. He is going to do everything he can to, it's going to be an apocalypse. Like you've never seen a Holocaust. Like you've never seen the antichrist is going to be furious and come against the Jews and try to kill every Jew he can find. And Jesus is saying, don't even, don't even get your TV. Don't try to pack your house. Leave. Pray that your flight is not in the winter. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Many scholars believe it's going to be in a place called Petra, Basra. Basra is the, 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 the entrance to Petra. Most of y'all seen, I meant to Take a picture. I may bring it next week or 
uh, the week after, uh, of, of Petra, the, the rock city in Jordan. In Jordan. Now, here's, here's what I want you to see. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the... You see, here's the thing. The Antichrist is going to kill all the Jews except one third. One third are going to survive. One third are going to flee. They're going to flee and they're going to run for their life. And they're going to hide, I believe, at Petra. He says, I'm going to gather them to Basra. Basra is that, that, that region that I showed you last week. I'll show you the, the uh, map here in just a second. I will gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make the great noise by reason of the multitude of men. In other words, Israel is going to be surrounded and they're going to be killing Jews like crazy. And they're going to be running for their lives. And they're going to flee, I believe, to Petra, to Basra. All right. Now, this is the place. If we can put that map, Brother Barnes, do you have that map? <clears throat> okay, if we if we'll look way up here is the Valley of Megiddo. Here is Jerusalem. The Jews, the Jews, are populate most of this region right here, but they're going to flee down to the wilderness. Jesus says, "Go to the mountains, go to the wilderness." And if you'll look at it, this is the area that we are talking about: Edom or Petra. Uh, they, Jordan and Israel in 1994 signed a treaty and a tourism pact where Israel could visit and cross the border. And, and they said that one of the, one of the most significant things to the Jewish people was that they were able to go see Petra. Now I wonder why that is. God has put it in their heart. Even before any of this is happening, it's almost like a beacon you know, like a homing pigeon to know where they need to go, know where they need to flee. Now watch this. Watch this. The people is the nation of Israel. All right. We see this. Go, okay. Go back. Go back to that, that verse. Uh, I will surely assemble, O Jacob, and thee. I will surely gather the remnant, the one third. You remember, there's one third going to survive. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. Now look here, look at the place. B, by the way, B is the place. A is the people, B is the place. Arnold Frusenbaum tells us about Petra. Petra is located in a basin with, with Mount Seir and is totally surrounded by mountains and cliffs. The only way in and out of the city is through a narrow passageway that extends for about a mile and can only be negotiated by foot or by horseback. Now you see why it would be easy to defend. All right. This means the city is easy to defend. Petra is shaped like a giant what? Let me say that again. Petra is shaped like a giant. Let's go back to our verse, brother Chris. Let's go back to our verse. I will surely assemble, O Jacob. That's Israel. All of thee, I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their. All right. With this narrow passage opening up to a spacious circle surrounded by cliffs. The city of Basra in Mount Seir is located in ancient Edom 
or southern Jordan, since the area will escape the domination of the Antichrist. Remember, the, the Antichrist will not be able to conquer this area. He will have no authority in this area. Where do we, where do we learn that? You remember when we were in Daniel? Daniel chapter 11, verse 41. It says, this is talking about the Antichrist. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these, these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. So, if we can go back to our map, the Antichrist is going to have control of this, but he will not have control here. Did y'all notice that? That's where they're going to flee to. That's going to be the only place they can go. All right. So the Jewish people are going to come through. Uh, some will be walking. Some will be riding horses. Some might even be riding camels. It is a very treacherous terrain. And that's why Jesus said, you better hope you don't have a baby. You better hope you're not nursing at this time. You better hope it's not in the winter. The winter time is the rainy season. And it'll be very treacherous and throughout those mountain paths and, 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 and uh, little cliffs that we see. Does this make sense? This is why Jesus is saying, when you see that, in that three and a half years, at three and a half years... The Antichrist is going to break that treaty. He is going to claim to be God and he's going to demand that the nation of Israel bow down and worship him. And when they don't and they see who he is, because they're not going to, they're going to realize they have messed up, that he is not who he was supposed to be. And they're going to flee and he's going to begin murdering them. And Jesus says, when you see this, you flee. Don't even go to the housetop. Don't go down to get your clothes. Don't stop. Don't wait. Go. And so they're going, there's going to be a mass exodus of people from Israel down to the wilderness. All right, now let's look. Let's look. <clears throat> Matthew 24, 15. Matthew 24, 15. This is Jesus speaking. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth... Let him understand. Watch what he says. Let them which be in Judea, what? Flee Flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. What is he saying? Don't even worry about no material possessions. Don't worry about nothing. Don't pack a lunch. Now, when I watch what, now watch. You mean to tell me these people got to go, they, they can't even make no food or provisions or nothing? That's exactly what I'm saying. But don't worry. Don't worry. We got some more verses. It's kind of like the nation of Israel coming out of Egypt, didn't it? Watch this. This is so good. Lord have mercy. <clears throat> we... Revelation 12, 1. Now, now here's where I would encourage you to go read the whole thing later on. But this is like a panoramic view of what's fixing to take place. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. This woman is a type of Israel. Okay. It's a type of the nation of Israel. And the moon under her feet and upon her head were a crown of 12 stars. And she, by the way, 12 stars, are the 12 patriarchs. Okay. 12, the sons of Jacob there. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. 
And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan. Come on, say it. Satan. Satan, Having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. They did cast into the earth. That's the, the angels that he had deceived to follow him in his rebellion. The dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for devour her child as soon as it was born. Mercy. Now let's figure out who this child is. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a. And her child was called up unto God into his throne. So who is that? Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord. The woman is a type of the nation of Israel. Satan from the time of Jesus's birth has tried to stop that promise. And by the way, if you go even before Mary, all the way through the Old Testament, Satan did everything he could to corrupt the seed. He did everything he could to cause the whole earth to be contaminated. So God said, I'm going to kill everybody except Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was able to keep that seed. Say amen. Keep that promise, but Satan's trying to stop it. Satan's trying to stop it. This is a picture of this story. God promised a nation that would bless all nations. God said, out of her, out of her would come a Messiah. Out of her would come a deliverer. Satan has did everything he could to destroy. Are y'all with me? Now watch. And the woman, who's the woman? Israel. Come on, y'all got to get loud. Now I ain't got my hearing aids no more. I lost them. Y'all got to help me now. And the woman is who? She fled into the. Now, where did we say that was? Petra. Most likely Edom down at the bottom of that map, if y'all remember. All right. Where she hath a place. Remember God said, what God say? Go. Don't take nothing. Don't make a sandwich. Don't, don't pack. Don't get any provisions. Run. We're thinking, man, they're going to starve to death. That's wilderness. I don't know if y'all been out there, but that's wilderness. Ain't no, ain't no cracker barrel out there. Mr. Brown, is it sand and rocks? It's sand and rocks, ain't it? Sand and rocks. Now watch this, but don't worry. Watch, watch what God says. Where she hath a place prepared of that they should a how long? Thousand two hundred and three score. I bet y'all can't guess how long that is. Three and a half years. So what is what is happening here? We got seven years. Seven years. They made a covenant, a treaty. At the three and a half year mark, three and a half year mark, the devil, the devil in the Antichrist is gonna break that covenant. He's gonna demand worship. Y'all with me? And they're gonna flee. So they've got three and a half years that they're going to need help. And guess what? They're going to have it. They're going to have it at Petra, at Basra, there in that place in the wilderness where God's going to take care of them. They're a thousand two hundred and three score days. Isn't that cool? Y'all say amen. amen. All right. Look at this next one. Look at this next one. And this is in the same chapter, by the way. And when the dragon saw that he was cast out unto the earth. And at this point, now, right now, Satan, Satan has access to the heavens. Okay. He has access to the heavens, to the angelic realm. 
But at this point in time, God's kicking him out. And he's casting down to the earth and he won't have access like he had before. And when he does, he is going to go crazy because he knows his time is short, according to this chapter. Okay, watch. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman. Who is the woman? Israel, Israel, which brought forth the man child. All right. If you can't beat God, you try to destroy his family. Right. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness. Now, this is a supernatural help from God. God's going to help the nation of Israel escape or, or at least a third of them anyway. The third, the remnant that's left over. Some people have tried to, you know, say the two great wings of the eagle is the the U.S. Air Force and the Israeli Air Force. There's no runways in the Petra. That it, this is a this is a term that even God. You know how God described the way He delivered Israel out of Egypt on the wings of eagles. In other words, it was supernaturally. God's going to supernaturally help bring the remnant into the where wilderness Wilderness. into her where she is for a time, a time singular, that's a year and times that's plural. That's two, that's three and a half a time. Guess how many that is? Yeah. From the face of the serpent. So what's going to happen? God is going to supernaturally Bring that remnant to the sheepfold, Basra. I believe it's Petra. I believe it's Petra. Uh, he is going to supernaturally hide them and, and keep them from Satan, from the Antichrist. At the end of the three and a half years, Satan, it, it, he, the, the Antichrist is going to do everything he can to try to find that remnant to destroy them. He wants to annihilate the Jewish people from the face of the earth. And so the Jewish people are here protected in Petra and somebody shows up. And this somebody's got wounds. You see, he came into his own and his own... But the second time he comes, they're going to receive him. He's going to reveal himself to his people there in the wilderness. If y'all with me, say amen. amen. All right, let's look at the, let's look at the next one. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood. He's going to try to come after the, the nation of Israel and destroy them that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of the mouth. Now, I'm not going to super spiritualize this. There's one or two things going to happen. Satan is going to cause a real sure enough physical flood. Because if you know this, when there's rains, if you know anything about mountain, matter of fact, look at Yellowstone. It's closed right now because of what? Flooding. It's mountainous. And when you get a lot of rain in a short period of time, it causes flooding. Well, there's a good possibility that, that, that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. I believe he can stir up and, and he may cause a real flood to take place, but God is going to supernaturally open the earth. And he's already done it before with Korah, with Moses. Y'all remember that? And he's going to supernaturally protect them there. 
It's either that or it's going to be a flood of soldiers that he's going to send. Because God has used the term flood also with a horde of soldiers coming. They came on them as a flood. Does that make sense? It's one of them two things. But either way, Satan is going to be personally responsible for trying to destroy the people of Israel. And God's going to protect them. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now look at the next verse. And the dragon was, man, he's mad. He's furious. The Antichrist is just, because the Antichrist is being indwelled by Satan. All right? So keep in mind, when you're seeing that, we know it's primarily the devil, but the devil has inhabited the Antichrist at this time on earth. And he went to make with the what? Where's the remnant at? In Basra, in, in Edom, in, in Petra. All right? We're going to find them. We're going to destroy them. The remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, this means they've accepted him. They've received him. All right. The first time they didn't, but the second time they're going to mourn. What, what do you do before you get saved? You mourn. You're broken. You repent. Does that make sense? Say amen. All right. We see what was a B. C, write this down. The purpose. The purpose. I don't know if y'all know how much I despise that clock up there. We got to hurry. I, I can't cover too much time in the intro. All right. Why is God doing this? What, what, is, what is the purpose? What is, he, what is he doing with his people here in Basra? I mean, you got to think, this is, this is not going to be pleasant. Even though it's supernatural, and I, I don't know, I don't know that God's not going to give them water out of a rock and manna from heaven again. But it's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to, it's not going to be what they had in Tel Aviv. If you go through Tel Aviv right now, and some of y'all are going to go with me in December, we're going to go to the Holy Land. It's going to be an incredible experience. But you're going to arrive and land in Tel Aviv, and you're going to drive through, and you're going to think you're driving through New York City. Am I right, Brother Griggs? You're going to think you're driving through New York City. It's, I mean, it's, it's as modern as anything that you could ever imagine. But these people are going to leave all that to live in caves. To live in caves. Now, what's, what's that about? What's that about? Let's look in Isaiah 2. Enter into the rock. Enter into the rock and hide thee in the... For fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The... Come on now. The looks of man shall be humble and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. Preacher, what are you saying? God is humbling his people. His people are arrogant right now. His people are haughty, lofty. And God's going to take them to live from skyscrapers, making millions of dollars to living in a cave, fearing for their life. Listen, we can, we can, we, we got to be careful. Now I know we're talking about the Jewish people right now, but even as God's children, we need to be careful and stay humble because I promise you, God can humble you. He can bring a man low real fast. Now look at the next verse, Zechariah. 
He's humbling his people. Zechariah 13, 8. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the the third, that's that remnant. You remember what we said? A third of Israel is going to survive. Uh, I did a, I did a, a uh, population, a population of Israel right now, and a third, a remnant, would be two million people. For what's living in Israel, I know there's more Jews all over the world right now, but living in Israel right now, a remnant would be two million people. That's all that's going to survive. Out of all this, there's about 6 million, about 6 million, it's there. Okay? And I will bring the third part. How many? Third Third part, the remnant, through the... And we'll refine them as silver is refined. And I will try them as gold is tried. Now, you know how gold is tested. It's gone through the fire. You know what I'm saying? They put that gold in the fire and all the impurities come up and they... The, the, the slag, they scoop it out. And the more heat, the more pure. What's God doing? He's purifying his remnant. His people. I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. And I will. I will say it is my people. And they shall say the Lord is my God. Church say amen. He's going to reveal himself. He's going to say, I'm the one that you crucified. What are these wounds in your hand? It's the wounds I received in the house of my friends. So the Lord's going to come back and he's going to reveal himself to his people. And this time they're going to receive him. All right. What, what, what is, now let me, before we go into number two, what's going to, what's going to cause that to happen? They've been at Petra for three and a half years being supernaturally provided for, being supernaturally protected. But at the three and a half years, the devil is wroth. You remember? He's, he's had it. He's done. We're going to go kill him. We're going to go find him. The people of Israel, they get word in Petra. They get word in the wilderness that he is coming and we're fixing to die. We're fixing to be annihilated. And in that moment, they begin to call on let me back up. They shall call on my and I will I will say it is. And they shall say they're not saying that right now. But I promise you this. When God gets through humbling them they're going to cry out. And you mark my word. You better keep your hands off Israel. No matter how wicked they are right now, no matter how unbelieving they are right now, no matter how blasphemous they are right now, they are still his people. And when they cry out to him in humble repentance and humility, he will hear. And he's going to show up. And when he shows up, they're going to say, what what are them wounds? See, they're thinking he's coming for the first time. And they're excited to see him. He's finally come. Wait wait a minute. What's those wounds? It's the wounds I received in the house of my friend. And in that moment, they're going to know. And they're going to realize. But thank God, this time, 
they will receive him. And all God's people said, all right. Second thing is going to take place. The destruction of the armies, <clears throat> the destruction of the armies. All right. Now we know, we know. Let's look at our verses. Let's look at our verses. <clears throat> Isaiah 63. Now see, this is why I'm thinking that he's going to reveal himself to the Jews first. All right. This is why. Because this verse is in reference to Christ, okay? He's coming from Basra, headed to... Can we go to that map? Can we go to that map, Brother Barnes? According to this verse we're fixing to read, he's coming from this area right here, going up to Jerusalem. Does everybody say, see that? Say amen. amen. All right. Uh, I don't know if y'all can see that at Fairview, but we're looking at the bottom of the map where it says Edom going up that line up toward Jerusalem. This is what this verse is referencing. Now watch what it says. Watch what it says. Who is this that cometh from where? With dyed garments from where? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. We know who this is talking about. This is talking about the Savior, talking about Jesus. Wherefore art thou red in thine power or thine apparel and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? What did we say that the, the, the wine press was? It was that valley. It's, it's Armageddon, right? I have trodden the wine press. He's done, he's already started killing people. I have trodden the wine press alone, and the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger and will trample them. Why is he mad? They're trying to kill his people. I will trample them in my fury and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments and I will stain all my raiment. Now, how does he come out of heaven? Revelation 19. How's he come out of heaven? On a white horse with a white garment. With his vesture dipped in blood. Where did that, where did that happen? I believe it was Basra. This, I believe this is what takes place. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. We'll know once we get to heaven. All right, come, come back to my map, Brother Barnes. Come back to my map. Where is the, where is the remnant? Edom. They're down here in Petra. They're down here in Basra. All right. This reference is, this, the, this verse that we just read is of somebody in Jerusalem saying, who's that coming? Yeah. And why is his garment stained? Yeah. Where's he coming from? Yeah. From Basra. Who's in Basra? Yeah. The remnant. Yeah. So I believe, this is what I believe. All right, up here's Megiddo. The Bible says that the, the armies of the world will gather. It, now we have, I think, I think we have mistakenly thought that all the fighting in the battle will be right here. Everything will be done right here. But it doesn't say the fighting will take place there. It just says the gathering. In other words, this is a staging area. This is a staging area. All the armies of the earth are going to come here and stage here from this from this valley down this rift, okay? And, and the, the, the remnant of Israel are going to be hiding down here. Jesus is going to appear to them first and show his wounds. They're going to receive him. 
They're going to accept him. The Antichrist and the armies of this earth are coming. He is already sending them down because they're coming to destroy him. That's why they call on the Lord in their fear. And he shows up. Now he's coming from Edom. And by the time he gets to Jerusalem, he's already bloody. He's already been fighting. He's already been fighting from here all the way to here. Does that make sense? Let's go back to our verse so it'll make sense. Look at, look at our verse. I have, back up, back up. Where, back up. Who is that that cometh from? Where is he coming from? Edom. Is, and by the time, where, so where is he going to? He's going to Jerusalem. Right? That's the capital. Where, where, where do you, if you're going to conquer a nation, what do you want to conquer? That's right. All right, who's at the capital? Antichrist. Okay? Now, he's coming from Basra, and he's fighting along the way. He's killing along the way. He's destroying armies along. Are y'all with me? He said, you already stained your garment. How'd you get your garment stained? He said, I've been walking the wine press. What is the wine press? Go back, go back to the, go back to, mm, go back quickly. You're killing me. The map, the map, the map, Brother Barnes. I'm sorry, I should have said that. That's my fault. My fault. Knock it off, people. Straighten up. This is the wine press. This rift. This is a 200 mile, this is a 200 mile valley that there's going to be so many people in that valley, so many soldiers dying and losing their life that the blood will be up to the horse's bit. We done read that. Don't act shocked. We, you, you already got that in your notes. But it starts here. Because God, Jesus, is protecting his people. And he's headed, he's headed to the capital. Does that make sense, y'all? All right. Now, they're going to be from here to here. The armies of this world. From here to here. They're going to gather in Megiddo. Let's go to our verses now, Brother Barnes. You're good there. Look at the next verse. I believe it's uh, Revelation 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles will go forth unto the kings. That means all the presidents, the prime ministers, all the leaders of this world and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Revelation 16, 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue, gathered them. Right? He gathered them. Where did we say that was? If you, if, at the map, it was way up here, right? You remember that? That's Armageddon. That's Valley of Megiddo. Everybody with me? Amen. All right. Now, let's go look at the next verse. Joel 3, 9. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare what? War. war. Make up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. God's daring them. All right. Beat your plowshares into sores and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves. Come, all ye what? He said Gentiles first and then heathen. So we know this is the Gentile world coming against God's people. 
Gather yourselves together round about thither. Cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Where did we say Jehoshaphat was? It's right outside of, of the, the temple mount. The valley that runs. How many of y'all seen that gold dome? Y'all with me? Raise your hand if you've seen that gold dome on the temple mount. The valley right beside it. The valley between it and the mount uh, of olives. Oh my goodness, we got to hurry. Mount of olives right here. That's the valley. So in, on the map, we've mentioned Basra down here, Megiddo up here, Jehoshaphat in the middle. That whole valley will be the battlefield. If that makes sense, amen. amen. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Re- Re- Revelation 19, 19. We're going to be late. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. That's Jesus, by the way. And the beast was taken and with him, the false prophet, and wrought miracles before him, which uh, he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with a sword. Now, that's not the remnant of Israel. That's the remnant of those, the, the heathen. Uh, uh, were, excuse me, the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. They're going to be dead people laying everywhere. Is that it on that one? Okay. All right. Quickly, quickly. That's so what was the first thing? The, the revealing in the desert, he's going to reveal himself to his, his, his people, the destruction of the armies. Now, let, now watch what's going to take place. <clears throat> the arrival at the Mount of Olives. The arrival, this is the part that the angels were talking about. He shall come in like manner as you've seen him depart. All right, he's going to come and his feet are going to land on the Mount of Olives. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now watch what takes place. Watch what takes place. First thing that happens as soon as Jesus lands, kaboom, he must be heavy because he's going to cause an earthquake. That was a joke, y'all. Y'all didn't catch that part. As soon as his feet touch earth, the touch the Mount of Olives, and this ain't going to be just any earthquake. This is going to be the greatest earthquake that's ever been known in the history of humanity. Earthquakes happen in different places of the earth. This is going to be an earthquake. The whole earth is going to quake. If that makes sense, say amen. Watch this. Let's look at a verse. We got our verse there, Doc. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a, say it again, there was a, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so, look at the next verse. And the great city was divided into three parts. It causes Jerusalem to be split into three different parts. And the cities of the nations fell. I mean, every city that you know of, every major city, you will not be able to recognize. It'll be flattened. Great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fiercenesses of his wrath. And every island fled away and the mountains were not found. All right, keep going, keep going, keep going. Look at the next one. Look at the next one. B. So what happens as soon as Jesus lands on this planet physically on the Mount of Olives, what takes place? earthquake after the earthquake the mount of olives splits the mount of olives splits okay the valley of jehoshaphat the valley of 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 of, uh uh my mind just went totally blank kidron valley the kidron valley that's between 
uh, it's, it runs this way. In other words, the, the temple mounts here with the gold dome. Everybody with me? Temple Mount, gold dome. There's the, the Kidron Valley, and then there's the Mount of Olives. All right? And, and the Kidron Valley runs north-south. Well, when that earthquake takes place, when Jesus splits, it's going to split it this way. So there's not going to be a north-south valley anymore. There's going to be a east-west valley that's going to run all the way to the Jordan and the Jordan Valley and the Dead Sea. Are y'all with me? So from Jerusalem, if you stand on Temple Mount, you'll be able to look and see if you got that good of eyes and see the Dead Sea and the Jordan River. Are y'all with me? Watch this, Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14. 14 of Zechariah. There we go. Then shall the Lord go forth. And I'm just teasing Chris. Chris got a good sense of humor. He knows I'm cutting up. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave. It means split. To cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, half of it toward the south. Is that the, the verse there? Okay. Now, now at that earthquake, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Just keep that in mind. Has everybody got that in your head? Everybody got that in your head. All right. When that earthquake takes place, two things are going to happen. The mountains of this earth will crumble. All the mountains of this earth will come down. All the mountains of this earth will come down and all the islands will disappear. What happens in the ocean when there is a, a earthquake? A tsunami. I believe that this earthquake is going to be so massive, it's going to cause tsunamis like we've never seen before that's going to wash away every island in the oceans. Watch, why do we say that? Look at the verse. Look at the verse. And there were great voices and thunders and lightnings. There was a great, such as was not since men upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Now watch this, everybody read it. And... Now that's an earthquake. That's an earthquake. All right. Quickly, quickly. Now imagine, oh, 51 seconds. Imagine, we got to hurry, got to hurry. We can do this. We can do this. Imagine, imagine y'all seen earthquakes take place. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember uh, uh, 911? How many of y'all remember 911? How many of y'all remember the people coming from that area? What did they look like? What was it? Covered in dust. You couldn't even, you couldn't even see their eyeballs. There was so much debris. There was so much dust, dust. Now imagine worldwide, how much dust, how much debris, mountains falling down. Y'all seen, y'all seen you know, hills being pushed over by bulldozers and the dust that comes. Can you imagine mountains? Now watch, what's going to take place? Darkness. 
Write it down. Darkness. Let me give you some verses. Hey, Chris, when we go through these verses under darkness, I'm going to just go bam, 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 bam. All right, let's do one, two, three, four, five. We'll just do those, those five right there, okay? You ready? Watch this. We always talk about, you know, when we talked about the tribulation period, we say there's going to be darkness. The moon shall be covered. Why is it going to be covered? Because you're not going to be able to see through the dust. Now we know why. All right, Ezekiel 38, 19. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great... In the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down. There we go. Mountains thrown down. What happens when they're thrown down? The dust and debris and the steep places shall fall and every way shall fall to the ground. Every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of... Uh-huh. All right. The sun, Joel 2.31, the sun shall be turned into, why? It's that cloud. All of the debris from this great earthquake. All right. And the moon and the blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Most of the time when the sky is full of debris and the sky is full of smoke and clouds, it makes it red colored. Y'all with me? Is this starting to make sense? Look at the next verse. Ezekiel 33, for the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near, a... A cloudy day. It shall be the time of the heathen. Amos 5.18. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is and not. Look at the next one. Amos 5.20. Shall not the day of the Lord be and not even very and no in it. Look at the next one. Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation. When does, when does Jesus land on the Mount of Olives? After the tribulation, immediately after the tribulation. The sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Are y'all with me? All right, now let's look what happens. E, we're going to hurry, got to hurry. Mount Moriah, that's where the Temple Mount is, that's where the Gold Dome is. If that makes sense, say Amen. Mount Moriah will raise. It will rise. Think about this. Mount Moriah is going to be where he's going to rule. Y'all picking this up yet? All the mountains of this earth are going to. But Mount Moriah will. So Jesus is going to be the highest point on the whole earth. Watch this. Watch this. Mount Moriah is going to be raised. Look at the verse. <clears throat> Isaiah 2, 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord, that's Mount Moriah, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. In other words, it will be the hill. The mountain of the Lord will be the only mountain on the planet. Okay. He will be exalted. Zechariah 14, 10. All the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Remen south of Jerusalem. And it shall be lifted up. What shall be? That's Mount Moriah. It shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place. From Benjamin's gate unto the place of the first gate, unto the corner gate, and from the tower of Haniel unto the king's wine presses. So Mount Moriah is a place that can be seen as far as the eye could see where Jesus' palace, Jesus' capital, Jesus will rule and reign 
from Mount Moriah. Now watch what happened. This is it. This is it. Two things are going to happen from Mount Moriah is going to flow living water. Water is going to begin to flow out of the, the temple mount. All right. Mountains have, have crushed and fallen. Mount Moriah rises. It becomes the, the number one place on the planet. And out of it, out of it flows a river now of living water. Now, now what has happened? What has happened to the Mount of Olives? Does anybody remember? It split. Which way? North and south. All right. Yes, yes. It goes north and south and the river runs east and west. Okay. Does that make sense? So when the water is coming out of Mount Moriah, it flows down the valley that has been created. Does this make sense? But it's going to flow both ways. It's going to flow east toward the Jordan River Basin to Jordan River into the, the Dead Sea and then west all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. Watch this. Zechariah 14, 8. Zechariah 14, 8. And it shall be in that day, amen, that, come on now, in that day that water shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea in summer and in winter shall it be. In other words, all year long, all year long. Verse nine. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. Now, two things are going to take place when that happens. The Dead Sea is going to come alive. The Dead Sea is going to come alive. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. Then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country. That's, that's talking about going toward the, the Jordan River and the Dead Sea. And go down into the desert and go into the sea. Talking about the Dead Sea. Which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be Do you know there's nothing can live in the Dead Sea right now? Nothing. But when these living waters hit it, it's going to come alive. <laughs> and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed. And everything shall live, whether the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Eglium. They shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea exceeding many. What does that mean? It means the Dead Sea is going to become a fisherman's paradise. All right. Now, then trees are going to start growing along that river. Healing trees will grow beside the rivers. Healing trees will grow beside the rivers. Ezekiel 47, 12. Watch this. Watch this. And by the river upon the banks thereof, on this side and on that side, on both sides of the river, both sides of the water coming out of the temple mount flowing to the Jordan River, shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit. Watch this now. 
according to his months, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for church. Say amen. Now watch this. Brother Barnes, I want to do this. If we can show the first map first and then show the second map. Can we do that? And this is, we're done right here. This is it right here. Matter of fact, stand up so you know I'm done. All right. All right. Here's Jerusalem. Here's Jerusalem. Does everybody see that? The, the, the uh, Kidron Valley runs this away. Mount, uh, 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 Mount of Olives is right here. So it's going to flow this way and this way. Does that make sense? All right, because there's going to be a valley. That mountain range runs this way, but it's going to split. And there's going to be a valley from here that runs all the way to the Jordan and fills this up and becomes a fisherman's paradise. This is what it's going to kind of look like. Here's the next, next map. All right, here's the Temple Mount. Here's the Temple Mount. Here's the Jordan River. Here's the Dead Sea. And there's going to be a valley that runs from the Temple Mount. This is where the the Mount of Olives used to be. But it's split. Half here, half here. And that river flows all the way down. And there's trees for healing on both sides of the river. And then a river is going to flow all the way to the Mediterranean. And right there is going to be the headquarters of the king of the earth, Jesus Christ. And we're going to learn next, next lesson. We're going to learn about the millennial reign and about the judgment of the nations. And, and this is where he's going to reign from. And all the people of the nations are going to come and pay homage every year. I think we're going to get some of them leaves. Anybody learn something tonight? All right.